this NFL Week 9 Afternoon Games and Sunday Night Football preview episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast uh, on the Sports Game Podcast Network is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash SGPN and use code SGPN for your first deposit match up to $100. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Plus, the MMA Gambling Podcast just launched their YouTube YouTube channel to celebrate we're giving away an mma gambling podcast hoodie head over to sportsgampockets.com slash mma hoodie for all the details i'm just about that action boss you have to be kidding me that is impossible Welcome, everybody, to the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Game Podcast Network. It is currently Thursday afternoon or evening, November 2nd, and I'm your host this week, Scott Reichel. Now, Terrell was not available this week, but we did end up continuing the show with Lante. So Lante is joining me as we're going to go through four games on the card. Three afternoon games, one evening game after having no bye weeks last week. We got a lot of them. So as a result, we are a bit short on the schedule. Lante, how's it going with you? Not bad, man. Looking forward to breaking this down. First time on here. So hopefully I can keep the momentum going, man, and, and pick some winners. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. A uh, couple of good games and a couple of duds, I guess. But point spread-wise, should be pretty competitive. So uh, yeah. looking forward to it. There's a couple of games that, at least one in particular, that looks hideous on paper, but suddenly got a bit more interesting over the past week, which we'll talk about in a little while. But for starters, just going to ask about the, well, just in general, you have any recent takeaways or teams you're looking to fade or anything from the trade deadline you want to talk about? Mm, not really. I mean, it's really nothing that moved the needle, um, betting-wise, for me at least. Um I would say I was looking for a little bit more uh, movement, especially from the top tier teams. Uh, I know Philadelphia did get a little bit of help uh, in the secondary, but they probably need a little bit more. Um, I, I thought the Bills would make a few moves along with um, who else was look. I was. Looking I can't at believe Kansas City moves. didn't get a receiver. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Kansas City and and a receiver, but I guess continuity would be. Uh, um, would be a thing, but yeah, not really. I mean, I, I think everything pretty much stood pat. I don't think anybody got better. I don't think anybody got worse. Other than what the hell were the with the um, Bears doing with that Montez Sweat trade? Yeah, I, that's a really dumb trade. Even yeah. even if Sweat works out, and let's just say Sweat is a good player, do they know he's a free agent at the end of the year? Right. Or was that yeah. not I mean, Sweat, Sweat is fine. Yeah, he, he he's a fine player. I mean, but what 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 are they doing giving up all that stuff for? And I don't know if, like, is Washington, like, are they going to, like, blow? I mean, they're not hideous. Uh, they're pretty, they're like, half average. committed to blowing it up because yeah, like, Ron Rivera like is the still there. Of the, I don't of the NFL. know why. McLaurin's still there. Dotson's still there. You have a young quarterback. We're not sure if Hal's actually good or not. I think he's fine for a for young quarterback. I think he's fine. But they, like, half committed to trading the defensive line and then stopped trading people and kept Rivera as their coach. So I don't really know what Washington's doing either. The main moves, of course, were what you said with the Bears, which – I still don't understand. And the 49ers, who have a bye week, and they ended up trading for Chase Young. So we'll see how that goes for them, as the pass defense for the Niners has kind of fallen apart over the last couple of weeks. Either way, though, uh, time to actually get into the games for the afternoon slate. We're going to start off with the 
We'll go with the Colts game first as the Colts are traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. And for this game, you're looking at what is a pretty short number. Now, the Colts are minus two and a half on the road. The Panthers are coming off of a win in their last game, which means if they win this game, it will be a winning streak, which sounded about impossible about a month ago. But anyway, Panthers are off a win. Colts are off a loss. Uh, but you're looking at the over-under at around 44. At first glance for me, this total does this uh, actual side feels a little bit trappy because the Colts have looked like the better team. Defensively, they're terrible. But Carolina's defense looked pretty good against the Texans last week. And we know that Frank Reich ended up forfeiting the play-calling duties about a week or two ago. I can't even say it helped because Carolina's offense didn't do anything but did enough defensively to win. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, I wanted to get a three with Carolina. If I could if I could find a three, I was probably gonna bet them. Um first glance, like like you the total, I was kind of indifferent about the total, uh, because I can see both defenses coming to show up. Uh, but again, the Indianapolis run attack has been like one of the better ones mm-hmm. in the NFL. All I mean, Zach- been good. Yeah, Zach Moss is fourth in rushing efficiency, um, and that's that's being with a lot of volume. Fourth in rush, in um, in rush attempts, he's second in rushing yards, um, first in rushing yards over expectation. So he's getting the job done. And him and Taylor, I think Taylor's getting his legs back under him. Um, they're both averaging a combined four point seven yards per carry. And if you look at the Panthers, I mean their defense has been solid, but they're giving up tw- they're twenty sixth and or 29th, I'm sorry, in rush yards allowed. 30th in points per game allowed. But again, I think they're going to, I think they're both going to try to lean on the ground game. I think Indian, I think Indianapolis don't, they don't want a lot of Minshew uh, passes, especially against a decent, and I say that in quotations, um, Carolina secondary. Um, But I do think that, that the Panthers have some kind of momentum going forward. I know Thomas Brown, maybe he didn't open it up fully to to Bryce Young, uh, who's calling the plays now. He's a former, uh, you know, McVay, uh, McDaniel's guy, so they did l- use a lot more motion, a lot more twelve personnel to get Bryce some uh, looks. But I mean, he just doesn't have any weapons. I mean, Miles Sanders is their big acquisition. He's bottom five in rush efficiency. I mean, Thielen's what seventy. He's also injured half the time. But. Yeah, and I mean, Thielen's seventy five years old, and he's the best weapon that he had that he has. Eighty one percent catch percentage. Uh, he's six in receptions in NFL. DJ Chark bottom five in catch percentage, so he's not helping out at all. Uh, but yeah, I do lean to Carolina here. Um, I'm not gonna lie; I'm kind of leaning to the overthinking that at Carolina's offense kind of wakes up against this Indianapolis defense, who's 29th in yards per game allowed, 32nd in points per game allowed. Um, but if I had to make a bet, I'm waiting on a three for Carolina. But I do; I think Carolina can win this game outright. I think I'm leaning to Carolina as well. I don't think the Texans were that bad, and maybe you could argue that the bye kind of took the momentum away from mm-hmm. the Texans who were playing some good tennis, uh, some good tennis, some good football beforehand. But the Panthers only scored 15 points, so it wasn't yeah. like they really did much offensively once again. Right. And I've gone on record saying this, but I don't think Bryce Young is that good. So I know he's got no weapons. We're going to see what happens. Yeah, we argue about that all the time. (laughs) Minshew has not exactly been great either, but he wasn't supposed to be because, once again, he was a backup to start the year. But the Colts' defense is the story, which is why the total is very tricky at about 44 because the Colts have given up at least 37 points in each of the last three games. And the Panthers have given up 42 points in two of the last three games. So I guess I'm leaning with the over, I think. Like, I feel like I have to fade the Colts defense more because this unit is actually terrible. And I can't tell if Carolina's actually gotten better defensively or if the Texans just can't block anybody. 
potentially a mix of both because the offensive yeah. line for the Texans isn't that great either. But the point is, I do think you're looking at what should be a pretty entertaining game one way or another. I'll lean to Carolina at home. Do I feel great about it? No. But I do think that Thielen gets loose a couple of times. He might have a big game. But I do think eventually Carolina will get the key turnover that they need because Minshew has still been very careless with the ball, and I think that might decide the game. So I'm going to lean to Carolina at home, plus the two and a half. I am going to lean to the over, though. I think it's pretty telling that even though Carolina can't score, this total is in the mid-40s. So I'm going to go with the over in this one. Uh, anything else you want to add, or should we move on? Uh, no, I'm going to agree with you on the over. I think either I think the Carolina defense might can benefit uh, – well, the Carolina offense can benefit from the defense if they can cause some turnovers, short fields, which will help you know, get into the end zone, get them going a little bit earlier, get Indianapolis behind the chains um, and behind the scoreboard. So they'll have to, you know, rely on Minshew and his arm. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I like Carolina at home. Uh, I'm waiting for a three. Uh, if, if I don't get one, I'll just play money line, thinking it's a wide, a wide range of outcomes. Yeah, I once again, think this game could go either way. I'm not going to bet on the game, but I do think if you want to go for a Thielen prop, it's a great matchup for Thielen. Yep. It's actually kind of yep. crazy how Thielen has been – I don't want to say washed for a couple of years, but it looked like he didn't have much left in the tank. Yep. And right now through seven games that uh, the Panthers have played, he's 57 receptions and 581 yards. Yep. I know he's been absolutely incredible, but Monster. once again, shout out to Thielen for reviving his career. Either way, uh, time to move on to the next game. But before we get into any of that, do want to take a word from our sponsors. I've got to talk to you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks has a lot of great deals going on for the basketball season. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports. If you ever wanted to merge LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, you can do that because you can take a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. And if you also want another reason to join Prize Picks, they have a very unique reboot policy, which means that if your entry ends up featuring a guy that got injured early in the game, your entry is not officially dead. In fact, if a player exits in the first half of a football or a basketball game and does not return, in the second half, the player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance with an injury insurance policy, which I think is a pretty cool feature. But also want to mention, go to PrizePix.com/sgpn and use code SGPN for a first deposit match up to hundred dollars. That's PrizePix.com/sgpn code SGPN. PrizePix daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through the first game in the late window on Sunday for Week 9, as we talked about the Panthers and the Colts game. Now it's time to move on to what should be the game of the week. Uh, potentially going to argue Sunday Night Football with the Bengals and the Bills, but I think this game's probably the best on the calendar. Uh, you have the Cowboys taking on the Eagles. The Eagles are three-point favorites at home, and the over-under is at 47. We saw the Eagles sneak away for the second time against the Commanders after falling behind early. Sam Howell threw for about 400 yards, but eventually Jalen Hurts was too much. A.J. Brown is in continuing his streak. He's having one of the best receiving years of all time. But you're looking at the Cowboys. They had a very easy win against the Rams. Uh, that game was over in the first quarter. But to ask you for this one, I feel like blindly it's a spot where in a tough divisional game you're going to take the home team. But I do want to ask what your thoughts are. Do you want to give the Cowboys a chance? Are you going with the Eagles? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cowboys here uh, simply because I just 
I'm, I'm gonna try to say I'm trying to say this nicely. Uh, I don't think the Eagles just say are, the Eagles are overrated already, and let's get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I think the Eagles are. Frauds. What you're gonna say? Just you yeah, can just say it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're frauds. To to be honest with you, um, I, I think that not to, not to take anything away from them, but I just don't trust the Hurts to Brown combo to pull them pull the rabbit out of their ass every single week. I mean, he's been amazing. Not not taking anything away from him, but he's pretty much been AJ Brown a bust for the offense. Um, if you look at you know, just his numbers alone. I think they own, they got outgained, if I'm not mistaken, last Wouldn't week. Wouldn't shock me how it formed your passing yards. Yeah, so. yeah. So, and they should have lost that game. I mean, pretty much coaching malpractice with uh, with Ron Rivera there. The but, no challenge uh, and everything like that. Yeah, that, that was that was horrible. Uh, and they jumped out. Washington make this makes the second time that Washington has jumped out to what like 14-0 and let them come back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, AJ Browns he got 26 more targets than Devontae Smith, who's second on the team. Um, he's six straight 125 yard games. Uh, for AJ Brown, I do think that the secondary can be had, but then again, that's me putting my faith in in Dak Prescott, and I don't know if that's a a winning proposition. Um, the ground game hasn't been as good as I thought. I thought Pollard would be a little bit better uh, right now, but he's just been pretty much average to below average. Um, I do think Dallas can hang around here and possibly win this game. I mean, in the past three games or two games. I'm sorry. Dak has thrown for five seventy six, five touchdowns, uh, a rushing touchdown and only one interception. I think that's his downfall is the interceptions. If they can take care of the ball, uh, control the clock. Um, Jalen Hurts is a bit banged up um, and I don't trust him to use his legs in this situation uh, against a Dallas pass rush. who's probably going to be, you know, blitzing pretty heavy knowing that that Hurts is, is hurt. And, uh, that no pun intended. Um, and Jalen's actually bottom six in completion percentage over expectation, so he's not really getting it done from that standpoint. Um, I, th- I like Dallas here, man. I, I think Dallas is live to win this outright. Um, they got to keep Philly behind the chains. Um, they're actually, uh, let's see, uh, Dallas is in the top half in third down defense, and Philadelphia is in the top, actually number one in first down and uh, third down percentage offense so that's going to be big and i think that will actually decide the game if they can get them in the you know third and seven or eight and not tush push range um one inches uh two yards or i guess inches to two yards i think that'll be big here for for dallas so i like dallas here i think that can limit the mistakes and, and get it done yeah i feel like for this game it is definitely worth talking about the hurts injury not just because of the fact he's a starting quarterback but if you even look back to last week, the brotherly shove uh, didn't really work because they fumbled on the goal line mm-hmm. and they ran the fake shove counterplay for the swift touchdown at the end. So if they're not able to run the uh, brotherly shove efficiently as normal, because once again, you have Hertz being in a compromise to some degree, I do wonder if that's going to impact the play calling maybe in short yard situations. Maybe it will, but I do think that's worth talking about. In other news, we do have breaking news on this game. Lante thinks the That's the breaking news. Lante thinks the Eagles are frauds. Uh, but uh, for this one, I think I'm going to link to the Eagles. It's a spot where I think this game is very close. I have it being a one-possession game late. But I do think that playing outdoors in Philly is a great home environment. And the Cowboys, anytime you are a home team traveling outdoors in November... Yeah, not the easiest in the world with the cold mm-hmm. weather. Now, I do want to look up the actual temperature projections for this game. It's supposed to be about 61, so it's actually not that bad. 
But we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have a dome team, though, going outdoors in what should be a physical game, I tend to lean more to the team that's used to playing in the elements. And I do think the Eagles will get the job done. Is it going to be easy? No. This has one possession game written all over it. So if you do want to take the Cowboys, I don't mind it once again. But I do think the Eagles will make enough plays. And you mentioned the turnovers. I'm not sure if I trust Dak to actually make the right decisions. We've seen his offensive line break down on occasion, especially, for example, the Chargers game on Monday night. He was kind of running for his life for the early portion of that game. There are some concerns about the offensive line, and I do think the Eagles can get after him. So for me, I'm going to lean to the Eagles. I think Dallas will have the ball with a shot to win the game, and I think Dak comes up short. So give me a close game between two somewhat even teams, but I'll lean to Philly. The total's interesting for me because Philly's defense has not been good. The offense has been good. And Dallas's defense has been very opportunistic, occasionally gets exposed, but for the most part been solid. And the Cowboys' offense has been fine, but they also play in a dome, which helps. So I do want to ask you, over or under? Yeah, I'm leaning to the under here. Um, I think like we're going to see a decent amount of of rushing. I, I do think that the hurt you you brought it up as well. I think the hurts injury is kind of getting glossed over, but it, it showed up really it showed up a lot in, in that matchup against um the Washington. And I think Dallas's front is, you know, way better than what Washington is. And Washington was able to, you know, to get to the Eagles um in that game. So I'm gonna lean to the under. I think the Cowboys will try to emphasize the run. Now Pollard, I mean Philadelphia up front is still one of the best in in the NFL. So I'm not sure if he's gonna have a lot of explosiveness. But you know, three yards here, four yards there. I think Dak will be able to um, get the ball out to his playmakers, C.D. Lamb, um, Michael Gallup, and the tight ends. So I do think we see a kind of a slower approach on both teams, especially the Eagles. I think they'll try to get the ground game going um, against the, against the front who. They haven't played the best uh, opponents running the ball, but they have been susceptible to give up some explosive runs as well. So give me the under here. Uh, and if you remember, James Conner, uh, I think before he got injured, he was having a field day on, yeah. on, on the Cowboys. So, um, yeah, so I, I would look at some swift props as well, but I like the under. I think the main problem I have with Dallas is that they haven't played anybody, or I'll rephrase yeah, they it, haven't. they haven't beaten anybody. To yeah. go through the schedule, they are 5-2. and two. They beat the Giants. They beat the Jets. They beat the Patriots. They lost to the Cardinals. So, once again, that's four of the worst teams in the league. Played the Niners, got curb stomped, lost by 32. Played the Chargers. They're good on paper. We know Staley's a bad coach. And they played the Rams, who I think are abysmal. So, they've only played one above-average team so far this season. And they're 5-2. and two. I want to mention it. Now, the Eagles did beat the Dolphins. Dolphins outdoors. I'm not sure how good the Dolphins are in general. But the Cowboys are 5-2. and two. But they have the reputation of being front runners that tend to struggle when things get tough. The only good team they faced off against this year, they lost by 32 points. So that's kind of why I'm a little bit hesitant to pick them in the spot until they actually prove it to me they can handle these big moments. I'm going to lean to the under as well, though. It's mostly McCarthy's red zone play calling. It's atrocious. I think it's the play calling, are, period. <laughs> I think they're going to settle for a bunch of field goals. I like Aubrey a lot as a kicker, but of course, anytime you're forfeiting four points in the red zone, and it happens multiple times a game, that's going to come back to bite you, and it's going to come back to bite over betters. And with Hurts once again being compromised, maybe they choose not to call as many brotherly shoves. We'll see what happens. But would it shock me if the Eagles aren't as effective on short yard situations as they have been in, in previous weeks? No. So I'm going to link to the under. I see a very competitive game, but I do think this game has some type of – I'm trying to think of the right score in my head, 24-17. 
something like that. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Maybe 27. I can't say 27, 20 because I have the under and it's a 47. So I'm looking at like 23, 20, 24, uh, 20. Yeah, that works. Uh, something like 20, that. But I think you're going to see a couple of long drives. Eagles killing seven minutes off the clock. Cowboys doing the same thing. You get a field goal attempt at the end of it and your over's dead. That's kind of how I look at it. But either way, that's my thoughts on this game. So we have a little bit of a disagreement there, but we do agree on the under. Moving on to the game I was referring to earlier for being very ugly, but suddenly interesting based on what happened over the past week. You have the Giants taking on the Raiders. Raiders are minus one and a half at home. The over-under is at 37. Congratulations to all McDaniels first to be fired betters. You officially won this week. Congratulations. But the Raiders cleaned house. They saw Jimmy Garoppolo play on Monday Night Football and said, what are we doing with our lives? And they immediately fired McDaniels and the general manager and the coordinators. So you end up having a Giants linebacker taking over, a former Giants linebacker taking over as the head coach. Antonio Pierce, who gave his introductory interim press conference, I guess. And I like the quotes. I don't know if he can coach or not, but I like the quotes. At least he, unlike Jeff Saturday, is actually somewhat qualified because he was working with some position guys. But either way, I'm going to ask you this. You have a guy making his first ever uh, actual coaching debut uh, with as a head coach in the NFL. On one hand, you don't know if he's actually good. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the Raiders were lifeless, and this might inject some actual energy into the building. Where do you stand on this? Because the Giants just lost the game somehow to the Jets. I don't know how they lost that game. The season's basically right. over. They traded away one of their better players already on the defensive side of the ball. You can argue motivation is going to be an issue for both these teams, but the Raiders might have more motivation because at least they got a new face in the building. So where are you going with this one? Yeah, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Um, I usually want, you usually want to play on the team who just fired the head coach. And yeah. I mean, they fired the head coach and general manager, but they benched the quarterback. Um, the Giants they also fired Garoppolo. Yeah. If you want yeah. to use that term, because he's still getting right. paid, but yeah, right. they, they saw him and said that you're good. It's fine. Right. But the, and the Giants, I mean, for for as bad as it's been, I mean, they haven't had Daniel Jones. He's not good. I'm not going to sit here and, t- and tell you that he's good. But he is better than DeVito, who couldn't even complete a forward pass. We had more uh, passing yards than DeVito. Right. We, we all did. Yeah. yeah uh, all and did. and it's it's crazy because, I mean, Daniel Jones is six in completion percentage over expectation, but he's running for his life every single like every single snap he's been running for his life. Now I haven't seen any updates on Andrew Thomas um, or Evan Neal, not seeing if they're, if they're going to be available to at least – help out um and, and be uh, somewhat of a somewhat of a i, I guess a, a bright spot for the offensive line but i mean i think that the raiders are the more unknown here they can't run the ball um they're 32nd in yards per game and rushing yards per game they can't convert third downs the 30th in third down offense um they are really good against the pass which is i mean it's kind of negated because the giants want to run the ball and the good thing about that is the, Ve- the Las Vegas is 30th in rushing yards allowed. So I look for a heavy dose, heavy, heavy dose of, of Saquon here. If Daniel Jones is 100%, I think he's going to use his legs. Um, I think they will be able to scheme something up to, to get to get, uh, to get get the guys going here. Uh, it's not pretty, but I'm going to take the points with, with the Giants. I, I think they win the game outright. Would I be surprised if they lose? No. Uh, and, Scott, just to let you know that the Giants – Probably lost a second or third best player on the roster. Graham Gano is having surgery, so they got to find another kicker. Well, that was also going to segue into how they choked away the Jets game. They chose to kick a field goal with an injured field goal kicker in the rain, then run the ball with Saquon Barkley for one yard. 
So, yeah, that's you know how it goes sometimes. But either way, point is the Giants, of course, are going to have Daniel Jones back. Is he good? No. Is he better than DeVito? <laughs> Hell yeah. DeVito can't play. So, yeah, that's going to be a big boost. Darren Waller's already out, so they are going to be missing a guy there. I had to pull up the injury report because it felt like everybody in that Giants-Jets game last week died. Shout out to the MetLife <laughs> turf because that killed about half the rosters. But it looks like Andrew Thomas is going to play. He's been a limited participant, participant in practice for the last two days. Uh, for the most part, they seem fine. Tyron, of course, is out. Waller's out. And I think that's basically it. So you can make the argument the Niners – not that – wow. The uh, Giants are the better team on paper. Maybe. I don't really know. I'm going to lean to the Raiders. It's a home game with a new coach. O'Connell, do I think he's good? Not really. Do I think he's decent enough to move the chains or at least throw the ball accurately, kind of, to Devontae Adams? Sure. I think Adams should get whatever he wants in this game. The question is, can the quarterback throw the ball? So I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. I think it's a very ugly game. I'm going to lean to the under because I think both quarterbacks are terrible. So I will go with the under, but give me the Raiders winning a grinded out 20-16 to type game. That's what I got. I see an ugly game, but I'll go with the Raiders at home. The Giants, after losing that game to the Jets, I don't know how you come back from that. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, gonna, it's gonna be tough, but I, th- I think getting Daniel Jones back might leave might give them a little bit of uh, faith, I guess. But I mean, not much. It, it's just it, it's up to Dayball. I think if he can if he can get them motivated, they do have the better team on paper. I mean, Jacobs is pretty much been non-existent third in rush attempts, but he has pretty much one of the lower efficiency. But I don't think he'll be able to get it going here either because one thing that the Giants are are good at is they're they're good up front. I mean, they allow they're 24th in rushing yards allowed, but I think they've been going against some solid offenses. I mean, they faced McCaffrey, um they got Pollard whenever he was the first game of the season, so you kind of you know they had all summer to prep for that. So they picked Pollard, um who else did they have? I know they had um a couple other guys that, that they did really well, that they did, um, they didn't perform well against. It's kind of skewing their numbers, but I think they're really good up front. Uh, I don't think Jacobs will be able to get it going here, which is why I kind of lean with the under with you, thinking both teams just lean on the run attack and not be able to move the ball at all. So I think it'll be see a field goal fist. I'm looking at a 17 14 type of game here, maybe, maybe even 13 10 here, Scott. Uh, yeah, for me, I think for this one, I'm going to go with the. Once again, the under, I think, is the most tempting play just based on how ugly the game is. Uh, at least at least it's in a dome, so weather's not going to be a factor. But there is one prop I do want to mention. I'll take the Giants guys to get sacks because the Raiders, the last time O'Connell played, I believe Cleo Mack had six sacks, and they can't block anybody. So I think Thibodeau and company are going to uh, end up kind of getting after him quite often. So look for sack props if you want to go for Thibodeau in particular. I think he's in line for a good game. We saw him come alive for the Jets game last week where he was uh, really all over the place. I know he went offside at the end, which kind of came back to bite him, but he had a bunch of sacks. So look for Thibodeau and the rest of the defensive line to get after uh, O'Connell in this matchup. But at least O'Connell's mobile, though he's not a total statue back there, which might make a slight difference, but either way, I'll lean to the Raiders, and I will lean to the under. Now, moving on to the final game, you have the Bills taking on the Bengals. The Bengals are a home favorite of about two points, and the over-under is around 49.5. Bengals were doing their typical awful start, and then they woke up and <laughs> let the Bengals are back because they buried the Niners last week. Burrow had one of the best games of his career. 
I think he had the longest completion streak in a game in his entire NFL career. Uh, Chase had 100 yards, 10 catches, and a touchdown. He was great. Mixon was good. But the Bengals look like they're a serious team uh, again. While the Bills ended up winning on Thursday Night Football against the Buccaneers, game somehow came down to a Hail Mary. They were dominating the entire game and just wouldn't put the Bucs away. But you have extra prep time for Buffalo. Having said that, they have not been very good for the past month. And it seems like the Bengals are looking like a pretty serious dark horse candidate for the AFC. Uh, what's your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so with Cincinnati, I mean, it's kind of you, you got to kind of make a you got to make a choice. You got to think: Are they the team that you know have won the last what three games and, and look solid in, in the last two, like offensively, or are they you know a mixture of what we saw at the beginning when Burrow was kind of limping around? Um, and the offense was was bad. I, I mean, right now, be a right because Burrow was actually running against the Niners. He looks pretty good, health wise. Yeah, I, mean. I, I think it's a mixture of both. I mean, if you look at just statistically speaking, I mean, they're still 30th in yards per game. Uh, they can't run the ball. 25th in rush yards per game. Um, 28th in in rush yards uh, allowed per game. They've been they put up a good performance against the 49ers. And uh, who was the last team they beat before they went on a bye? Um, that that wasn't a good performance. Well, they beat either. Seattle in that hideous game. They should have lost, but Geno couldn't score a touchdown. In the right, zone, right. That, so. That's what that's that's what it was. Yeah, and Trey Hendrickson was all, was all over the field. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you got to kind of make a like my prior. If I if I had used my priors and not like you know completely factor in you know what's going on, what has gone on this season, I think Buffalo should be like a, a one point favorite. But if you kind of you know scrapping away everything that you saw from the beginning because Burrow was hurt and you know he kind of makes that offense go. I think the number is probably about right, but I'm more so in the middle. So I th- I like Buffalo here. Um, I think, you know, Josh Allen was a bit banged up. He did miss practice Wednesday, he had shoulder soreness. Uh, Buffalo is playing like their third consecutive primetime game. So I'm not sure how much of an effect that has. But on the other side, the Bengals are dealing with some injuries themselves. Uh, Trey Hendrickson dealing with a foot injury. Um, Orlando Brown Jr. is dealing with a groin. Joe Mixon is dealing with a chest. They were all limited in practice. I mean, they can't run the ball anyway, but just having him, you know, as in a, I guess a a dual threat back, uh, which would kind of cause uh, the Buffalo defense to be a little bit more prepared for a lot of different things. Um, I think he'll be important in this. So if he can't go, it, it might be it might be a little bit more you know Higgins uh, Chase type of game. And Higgins he hasn't been good, man. He's bottom five in in catch percentage. He has a forty five percent catch percentage. Um, and you know the last time we seen this game. Uh, was in the divisional round. I think 2017 was the score when the Bengals beat the uh, the Bills. Yeah, the Bills no showed the snow game. Yeah, yeah, it was it was horrible. They had all of the they had all of the momentum. They had all of the, the you know the home field advantage, the playing in Buffalo, but it ended up being a disadvantage. And Josh Allen was bad in that game. But I do think they get a little bit of revenge here. Um, I, I like James Cook. He's top five in rushing efficiency. Diggs is obviously a stud, first in receptions and targets. Um, I, I think the Buffalo. I think Buffalo can get it done here. I think this might be a sneaky AFC preview, maybe AFC championship preview. I don't think Buffalo, but I do like, enough, but they have the upside. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think Buffalo can get it done here. Uh, I think this is a big statement for them, similar to what we saw uh, whenever they lost to New England and they bounced back and beat Miami pretty pretty convincingly. Uh, I think we see a similar mindset, um, especially going against an elite team like Cincinnati. I still believe if Buffalo is playing the Chiefs in the playoffs and taking the Chiefs. Until somebody beats the Chiefs, I'm just not going to pick against them, even though I am aware the Chiefs offensively are a lot worse than they have been in years past. But for yeah. the sake of this game, 
it's an interesting element with the extra prep time because I have to at least acknowledge it, but I'm not a McDermott guy. I never have been. I think that his teams have a certain ceiling, and I do think his teams are willing to fold when things get tough, and I've seen the same thing this year. Now, it's happened a lot quicker because a lot of guys got injured, especially the white injury. That was kind of the tip of the iceberg where a lot of guys got hurt, and you ended up seeing the whole defense crumble. But even Josh Allen, I know that he had a very good game last week against Tampa. That shoulder injury is not being talked about enough, and I do think that with him being less than 100%, and with the turnovers, he turns the ball over at least once a game every single week. I trust Burrow more, simply put. But it's a pretty similar game that I viewed the Cowboys and Eagles game, where I see a very, very competitive game between two somewhat even teams. And I'm going to go with the home team. I think that in both cases, the Eagles game and this game, I'm going to take the better quarterback at home. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll find a way to win with a short spread. I'm going to lean Cincinnati. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a fun game. I'm going to lean to the over because I don't trust either defense. But I do think that Burrow, with how he's played the last couple of weeks, has looked like the more consistent and better quarterback, in my opinion, than Josh Allen. And I do think eventually Allen will throw one back-breaking interception to hand over free points, and that's going to do it. So for me, I'm going to go with Cincinnati, and I am going to go with the over. I see a pretty high-scoring game here. I see some type of like 27, uh, I was going to say 27, 23, but it might even be more than that. Give me some type of 30, 24 game. I'll go Cincinnati to win in the over. You have any thoughts on the total? Uh, yeah, I'm leaning to, I'm leaning to the over as well. Uh, I'm thinking both teams can have some success here. I think the bills are pretty much going to, you know, line up three wide. Uh, Kincaid has been really, really good in the slot, causing some mismatches on some linebackers. Uh, he's too big to be covered by the state. They're kind of using him how uh, Kansas City uses um, Kelsey. Um, and I, I like his over and props anyway, because yeah. Knox is injured and we saw Kittle yeah. of 150 yards last week. Right, right. And I think that the Bengals is, are susceptible to tight ends over the middle of the field. Um, I do like that the extra prep time, like you mentioned, the familiarity, although we know that they didn't get a chance to finish that game um, due to the DeMar Hamlin situation. Uh, yeah. Was that Monday night or was that Sunday night? I can't remember which night it was, but. Uh, nonetheless, I think that was familiar- Monday night because yeah, I was okay. flying back. I was actually in the airport when that happened. Yeah, so I'm. Um, I think the familiarity here plays a part. I think both teams will be able to come out with some added motivation. I think it's a big game for both squads. I think all both offenses will be able to control the tempo as well. And we might even see. I, I think the you know you mentioned Josh Josh Allen be an erratic. I think he might you know if he does turn it over, it could be in plus side. I think the Bengals have been kind of loose with the ball. If they can't run the ball and they're just expecting Burrow to drop back you know, 35 to 40 times, I think the Bills can kind of pick up on that and we can see some of that early season Joe Burrow. Well, I do want to ask you, though, about the Bengals Bengals and Bills big picture. If you had to pick one of these two teams to make it to the Super Bowl, who would you pick? Uh, That's a good question. Because I'm leaning Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm leaning leaning Cincinnati too, but I don't – I didn't like – I know Burrow was hurt. But I didn't like some of the stuff I saw early on. Now, if you want to erase that, that's perfectly fine. I mean, some people have. Like, it just feels make... like they're a new team now that Burrow's yeah, yeah, actually I, able to. Yeah, move. and I agree with it. I agree with that. And they do that. They do it every year. But again, this time, you know, he missed the. You can make the argument. You know, he missed all the training camp. Um, he missed, uh, you know, the preseason, which I'm not sure if he would have played in anyway. Um, and and he was using this as a proverbial preseason, so he's kind of in that groove now where he's. Um, finding the targets, but I can make a debate that I don't think outside of chase, 
not much there for 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 them That's offensively. Fair. Yeah, I mean, not, we, not much there for them. Boyd have some moments. They use Irvin occasionally, but for the most part, I think Higgins had like sixty nine yards last week, which is a step in the right direction for yeah. him. But he's going to have to start playing better. You're right yeah. about that. Yeah, I guess, I guess more so a, a coin flip if I had to. I, I would take the the Bengals simply because I trust. I just trust the ability and the big game of, of Joe Burrow. We've seen it happen. We haven't seen we haven't seen Josh Allen win a big game. Uh, I mean, regular season games or, or whatever. I, mean, I, don't, I don't count those Sunday night right. games against the Chiefs. Right. right. So, we'll talk about playoff games. Right. And and we haven't seen him win. They were win 13 them. seconds away from winning one, but they didn't win it. So Yeah, yeah and that, that, wasn't, that wasn't his fault. But again, it counts. That wasn't Allen's him. fault. He played great. Yeah. But still, it's another yeah, yeah, situation it where McDermott yeah. found a way to lose a game that he right. should have won. Right. And I don't, I don't like Zach Taylor either. I think the worst thing that happened to, to the organization is that they went to that Super Bowl. Correct, but at least he's been there. That counts for something. That's fair. That's fair. I don't think Taylor's that great of a coach either, but I'm real I'm not a McDermott guy at all. But anyway, uh time to actually get into our favorite picks for the episode with the lock and dog segment. But before into any of that, do want to talk to you about our sponsors. Gotta talk to you about the MMA Gambling Podcast contest. The MMA Gambling Podcast just launched their YouTube channel. And in honor, we are giving away an MMA Gambling Podcast hoodie to one lucky winner. Head over to sportscampodcast.com slash MMA hoodie to submit your entry today and make sure to subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast on YouTube. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this end of all season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary op- uh, parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Welcome back, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through the afternoon games and the Sunday night, and the Sunday night game for Week Nine. Now it's time for the actual lock and dog picks. Lante, I'm going to let you go first. What is your lock for the show? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to go with a game we just talked about. I'm going to go with Buffalo. Um, I'm going to go plus the two. Uh, I think you can still get two. Yeah, I'm going plus the you can two still here. Get two. Yeah. yeah, so I'm going to get plus the two here. Um, I think it's a coin flip game. I do think that if this game was played two, three weeks ago, it would probably be pick at worst. Uh, I think, I think maybe Buffalo it, would be favored. Personally. Yeah, so I think Buffalo has been – they haven't been good. Uh, they haven't been as advertised, but they have been more consistent than what Cincinnati's been. If you add, if you add in to everything – if you account for everything that's going on from week one. Uh, now, does that mean they're going to win? No, but I do think that it's a big – opportunity for Josh Allen and the guys to get going. Miami is uh, breathing down their neck. You know, they're like neck and neck for the division. Um, so I think Buffalo can get it done on the road. So give me Buffalo plus the two. Um, of course, I'll be on the money line as well. Um, but I won't make that my dog. For my dog, Scott, I'm going to go to something that we both kind of agreed on. Give me the Panthers. Uh, give me the Panthers at home. Uh, I think they find a way. I think the defense finds a way to get some short fields for Bryce to, you know, not only – get some confidence offensively, but I think Thomas Brown opens it up this week um, with the, with the offense. So give me the Panthers at home, short home put. Okay. Uh, so for my lock on the show, I just quickly want to see if there's anything I'm tempted by prop wise. Uh, is there anything I like prop wise? Um, sorry, just quickly checking and then no, I'll come up with uh, an official play. 
I wanted to. I thought about doing AJ Brown, but I feel like the Cowboys, with a competent defensive coordinator, might actually kind of double, and maybe that sets up Devontae Smith. So I think Devontae Smith might be aligned for a good game. I think I'm just going to stick with the size and the totals, though. For my lock on the show, I do think I'm going to go with the. Uh, do I want to go with the over? Uh, sorry, I have a couple of options here. I think yeah, for this play them one, all. same game parlay. Uh, same game parlay for the lock. That's a bold move. <laughs> I think for this one, I am going to go with the, you know what? I'll do something a bit unique. Give me the Raiders team total under for this one. I think this number is a bit high. You're looking at the Raiders being a terrible offense. We saw O'Connell in his first game against the Chargers, his only start, and he was terrible. Uh, they even had the bad interception at the end. But the Raiders team total right now, you can get nine, you can get under 20 and a half at minus 130. That's too high. I don't think the Raiders can score. Now, you can argue that the Giants are not a good team. You're not wrong. Defensively, though, they've been better lately. And the Giants' defense is actually kind of an underrated unit. I have questions about O'Connell's pocket presence, and I have questions about the offensive line for the Raiders and the fact they can't run the ball with Josh Jacobs. So for my lock, give me the Raiders' team total under 20.5 at minus 130. And for my dog, I think for this one, I am going to go with a prop here. I just want to find out if I can actually find an alt prop because uh, I am really tempted by uh, Devontae Smith. I think he's in line for a big game against the Cowboys because I do think they're going to be able to send extra help or maybe shadow at this point, A.J. Brown. And I think because of that, you're going to look at Devontae Smith having a big game. I'm trying to see if I can find some alts. Uh, so I do want to quickly check if there who? is who you any for alts. For alts. But what? Who are you looking for for alts? Uh, Devontae. Devontae? Okay. Which I found. I got to pick the right number. I'm going to take Devontae 70 plus receiving yards at plus 220. I think he's one for a good game. I I know he killed Dallas last year, but AJ can't keep going for 125. At some point, you're going to see extra help, and Devontae is still really good. And he had a good game last week, too, against Washington. And the Cowboys, I don't want to say over commit to AJ Brown because he's incredible. But I do think it's going to open up more chances for Devontae in one-on-one coverage. So give me Devontae, 70-plus receiving yards at plus 220 as my dog. I like that a lot. Cool. Like That's going to wrap it up for this episode. A reminder, find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Lante, let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. XX, Lante, XX. Uh, I'll be around the network with me and Munaf for do the um, Sunday night. Uh, not, well, not the Sunday night, but we do the uh, Monday night football game and also run through the injury reports, quick hit props and stuff on um, the Sunday night pregame so, or Sunday morning pregame. I'm sorry. So, yeah, you can find me there. Uh, good to be with you, Scott. I appreciate, I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, thanks for stopping by on short notice. Once again, check out Lante's episode with Munaf later on in the week in the NFL. But until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. <laughs>